the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com at the Tim DeMoss Show. I'm Tim DeMoss. Thank you for tuning in. Forecast for today, we've had a kind of cloudy thing going on, eventually clearing out tonight. Low, a chilly 25. Wow. Windy, too. You really feel it. Tomorrow, a lot of clouds. High 32. Nice win for the Eagles last night. Monday Night Football, 28-13 over Washington. Puts Philly a game behind Dallas in the race for first in their path to the playoffs, hopefully. Eagles play in Dallas is coming Sunday, 425 kickoff. Phillies made a trade with Seattle. Picked up an all-star infielder. Gene Segura is his name. A couple of pitchers they hope will help. Traded for their former first-round pick, J.P. Crawford, and first baseman Carlos Santana to uh, Seattle. And the Flyers made a change at GM. Uh, they let go of Ron Hextall, longtime goalie and, and uh, well-known, beloved figure in Philadelphia for different reasons. They signed a new GM. Uh, his name is Chuck Fletcher. So that's uh, a, lot of, a lot of stuff going on in Philly sports scene. We're going to uh, get a little bit more into that this hour, and you'll see why in a second. Uh, but before I do that, just a quick note. There's a really cool thing happening here at WFIL, and it's up on our website now. It's called the Christmas Mortgage Miracle. Just want to make sure you know about this. It just went up yesterday, day before, whatever, where you can have your mortgage or rent payments made for the entire year, uh, 2019, up to $15,000. It's, it's part of the rewards club called the Christmas Mortgage Miracle. In the rewards club, we do stuff like giveaway concert tickets and movie passes, everyday things that are fun to win. There are discounts available there. You can have your voice heard with surveys and stuff. It's a fun thing. It's free to be a part of. But every once in a while, something big like this comes along. And so I just want to make sure you know about it. Again, called the Christmas Mortgage Miracle. All you do is go to our website. There's actually a tab right near the top of the homepage. Or you can click the Rewards Club tab and jump in and sign up. And, uh, man, wouldn't that be nice to pick that up? So uh, be aware of that. WFIL.com is where you go. We have been doing this broadcast for almost three months now. Started on the 6th of September, so this is the three-month anniversary week. And looking back, uh, it's it's been really a lot of fun. I hope you're enjoying it. It's just a program that's developing. I'll be honest, when I first started this program, because my background is music radio, which was a lot of, a lot of music, but also a lot of interviews, a dynamic kind of back and forth, the callers and that kind of thing. That was what you know what I love, and I still do. I still love the interaction part of things. Uh, so that said, coming to do this program, my hopes and thoughts, and I think we may still get there, was to have a, a show where people call in, we do themes and talk about stuff, whatever it might be. Uh, but early on, things have kind of shifted more in the interview direction. So we've had, I don't know how, how many it is, I think uh, we've had... 55, 56 shows and an average of a couple guests per show. So we probably had over 100 guests in the first three months. 
and it's been a real a, a lot of fun. And the um, and we've had some callers too, and contesting and things. So as things develop, I thought it'd be nice to pause briefly and take a little bit of a look back over the past few months. Uh, one of the recent developments of the show is the fact we have podcasts now. So if you missed a show or more, you can go listen to it. You can download it. Have fun with that at WFIL.com. Right across the top, there's a, a blue tab. It says podcast. I think it's the third from the left. And then there's a drop-down menu. And uh, one of the options on that is the Tim DeMoss Show. So help yourself to that. Our hardest-working uh, producer in Philadelphia between 402 and 450-850, Joe Harnett, uh, works every day to make sure that that podcast is up at the end of the show. So help yourself. Enjoy that. Spread the word. Let other people know about it if you like or somebody who would appreciate a particular uh, guest or two or theme, that's all good. Feel free to do that at WFIL.com. So today I thought I'd do a favor, if you will, I don't know if favor is the right word, but uh, to take time this hour and just play a few snippets that give you a minute or two minutes or three minutes of different guests that we've had. So this will give you an example of what you can find at our website. We have a nice cross-section of guests that we'll, we'll mix in here, uh, music and pastors and uh, local ministries and things like that to give you a flavor of things. All under the umbrella, I will sum up our little first segment here with this. You know, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And so uh, besides the obvious good news of that, I'm excited about that verse because it means everybody matters to God. And if you're listening, you have uh, the opportunity to hear his voice and respond to it. And so this program, my heart's desire for this program is, number one, that it encourages people who already would claim to know the Lord and, and say, you know, he's my Savior, I believe in Jesus. And, uh, but then there are people who are listening who don't, or they're thinking about it, or maybe they're not really sure where they stand. And so I hope this program also is an encouragement to you that it, it encourages you to consider him. And um, in the meantime, you know, build a rapport, build, build some bridges, build some friendships. And that's not just with the listeners, that's with some of the guests. Uh, not every guest that we have on this program necessarily as a believer. There are some, the most obvious, we've had several guests on who work for maybe the Pennsylvania Turnpike Commission, giving us some travel advice or something like that. And, and they may be, but we don't know. We don't really get into that. It's more about just helping the program be something that's informative for you. But uh, then again, you know, to me, if that, if that John 316 is true, then we want to make sure that we have opportunities to reach out to people and, and build a bridge. There's a time and a place for everything. Not everything is for being on the air, but you know what? If I could have Miley Cyrus on or Hillary Clinton or, or, you know, President Trump, or I could have uh, Kanye West or, or, you know, Denzel Washington or whoever these different people are, wherever they're coming from. If there's a way to build some common ground, I think that's a cool thing every now and again. Uh, and, and not just people that are well-known, but everyday people, you know, and because you know, again, under the umbrella of John three sixteen, if Jesus sent a son, then, then we want to make sure that uh, a little piece of the program at least represents the fact that Jesus died, not just for me, but for the sins of the world and for, and to bring everyone back to himself. So hopefully that's what you, you catch that as you listen in. And again, as we get into this program here, we'll give you some snippets, a couple of examples of that. We'll take a short break here. Then we'll come back and give you some uh, insight into what the Tim DeMoss program has been so far these past few months. Thanks to people who have prayed for the show too. We ask you if you would do that because we need it. 409 AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Back in just a moment. You're listening to a podcast of The Tim DeMoss Show. Heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. 
is 412 on AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. You listen to the Tim DeMoss Show. Thanks for tuning in. One of the guests we've had the privilege of having on the program is uh, Mark Martell. He's the guy who was in a band called Down Here for many years, a Christian band. They won some Juno Awards. I think they were nominated for a Dove or two. Band from Canada, a bunch of great guys. And uh, they were doing that for about 15 years. And then um, Mark wound up uh, having a separate, the band kind of wrapped things up. And Mark started moving in a different direction as God led. And the direction he led, because people would say every now and again, how much his voice sounded like Freddie Mercury, the lead singer of the legendary rock band Queen. And he wound up trying out for uh, this Queen Extravaganza tour. This is probably seven, eight years ago. He did a demo on YouTube with basically a hairbrush. And uh, we're going to play a clip of that for you. And then we're going to come back and, and tell you more about this. Because he wound up traveling the world in front of millions of people, as it turned out. And had a lot of relationships came from that. But let's give you an example of uh, this is this is you can look it up. I would actually say it's if you like Queen's music at all, check this out on YouTube. It's it's unbelievable to hear his voice. So this is Mark Martell when he was uh, kind of between things that we were down here. The band he was in, the Christian band was wrapping up. Uh, but before uh, anything with Queen officially came up because he was simply auditioning. Here we go. Mark Martell, somebody to love audition. Here we go. With the dirty stash. Each morning I get up, I tie a little. Can barely stand on my feet. Take a look in the mirror and cry. Lord, what you do to me? I spent all of my years in believing you, but I just can't get no relief. Lord, somebody, 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 can anybody find me? WFIL, WFIL.com. That's Mark Martell, M-A-R-C-M-A-R-T-E-L. 
And uh, if you check him out on YouTube, you can see that that's just him in his apartment singing uh, for this audition that he was uh, looking out to you know, check out. But I asked him during our interview, we had Mark on in September, I think it was, he, you know, he almost didn't try out for this. Well, I consulted with, with uh, my manager at the time and I said, hey, do you see any possible negative effects of me auditioning for this thing? And he said, no, just go for it. Why not? And even then, with his own, with his encouragement, I was I found myself sitting on the couch with my wife, and I had my laptop on my lap, and I had just recorded this video of me singing this song, "Somebody to Love," and I was about to hit send, and I was like, "Babe, I I can't do this. Like, what if, again? Like, what if I win?" And that was the moment where she turned to me and said, "You're crazy. You're born. You're born for this. You got to do this." So I did it, and uh, fourteen point six million views later, yeah. That's yeah, something. Kind of nuts. Mark Martell, kind of neat also that his wife, uh, you know, that, that, I, we've heard that a number of times in some of the interviews we've had, the role that a spouse can play. Just a little word of encouragement at the right time. Uh, it's funny because I looked on the online today. It's up to uh, more like almost two more million views just in the last uh, couple of months. So that's Mark Martell. And that song and that audition led him to become the lead singer along with a, uh, of this Queen Extravaganza uh, band and tour that went around the world along with a guy named Adam Lambert, who won American Idol a number of seasons ago. So that said, we also, when we had Mark on, we were talking about the fact he has two new EPs out. One's called My Way, Volume 1. It's covers uh, of Sinatra songs. I think it was all Sinatra songs. And um, then he also has a Christmas EP out called The First Noel, where he does the entire Hallelujah Chorus by himself, multi-layered. We're going to play that for you in a second, but here's how he approached that and and how that's such a thing, I mean, it's such a beautiful piece of music, is it even possible to do? I learned a lot about the process of how to do that by what I've learned from Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay. And uh, how Queen recorded and stacked their vocals to make it sound like a huge choir. Basically, what you do is, well, what I had was I read the music, I found the sheet music online, and I've never done that before where I find the sheet music from a choir piece and just sing all the parts myself. I was like, why haven't I done this before? This is so fun. Hmm. Um, okay. And what you do basically is every line you do like seven times. It was, every time you do it, you change your voice a little bit to make it sound like it's not just one person singing, okay. which gives it that sort of mass quality. Otherwise, it would sound very thin if it was like my voice just singing normally 35 times. It, would, it wouldn't sound as much like hey, maybe that's a choir. Doesn't, I can't really tell if that's one person or a bunch of people. Interesting. So, um, yeah, I, that was the last song that I chose to put on that EP. I was kind of at a loss because I'd already recorded all of my favorite Christmas songs before. You know, obviously I'd never taken a crack at Handel Messiah because it seemed like, well, that's, that's a dumb idea. How could I do that as a solo artist? And uh, then I was like, how about I do this as a solo artist? <laughs> so, wow. Um, so you sing it seven yeah. times through, but what are you saying? Are, are you doing it like a, a up and octave, not an octave, but like up and singing in key of A or B or C, or are you just singing a little differently, okay. but basically? So it's a choir arrangement, which has four and sometimes five different parts. Yeah, yeah, you know, like okay. the choir has bass, tenor, alto, soprano, right. and sometimes baritone. And so I, I recorded all of, so for example, I recorded the bass part seven times. And I recorded the tenor part seven times. And every time, uh, I changed my voice a little bit. How long did it take you to do that? 
Is it, it took lo- me like two or three days. Okay. Doable, just not. And do you worry at all that you're like, it's not going to match afterwards? It's going to sound like a train wreck instead of what you're wanting it to be? Or is that not? Well, you can tell pretty quick, you know, if once I get through uh, the first the first couple of hallelujahs and I've done the, all the vocal stacks, I can tell if I'm on the, you know, the, the right track or not. All right. So that's Mark Martell, our conversation we had back in September and him talking about the Christmas EP he has called The First Noel, uh, parentheses, I made a slight mistake, My, My Way Volume 1 that he also put out at the same time has Sinatra on it, but it also has a half a dozen other bands on there. So in any case, The First Noel, that's Mark Martell talking about how he did the hallelujah course all by himself, all those different parts with that arrangement. Let's give you a, a, a taste of that and see uh, how it sounded. And this is what you could find on his first Noel EP. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Yeah. 
AM 560 WFIL. Uh, just talking to Joe during the break. And to quote Joe, it's hard to believe that's just one human. <laughs> Isn't that something? Wow. Mark Martell, M-A-R-C-M-A-R-T-E-L. The EP is simply called The First Noel. There's also Mary Did You Know on there. Uh, Ave Maria. Uh, also the Christmas song. And it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. So if you want to look Mark up online, you can. He was one of our guests. You're just tuning in today. It's the Tim DeMoss Show. And we are celebrating three months, about you know this week, of being on the air. Taking a little bit of a look back and playing some of the little snippets of some of the interviews we've had. We have much more ground to cover. We'll take a short break and come right back at you in just a second here. AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. It's 428 AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Listen to the Tim DeMoss Show. Forecast, clear skies tonight. Low down to 25. Lots of clouds tomorrow. High 39. We're entering a stretch of kind of cloudy, chilly weather. Can snowflakes be far behind? Eagles 28-13 over Washington Monday Night Football last night. Nice win for the Eagles, trying to turn their season around. They're at Dallas this Sunday in the battle for first place. Phillies made a trade with Seattle, picked up all-star infielder Gene Segura. It's not an easy name to say, by the way. I wish his name was Mike or Fred. Gene Segura, just try saying that. It's not very easy. And we're going to have him for a few years, it looks like, so it's going to be a struggle here, but we'll get through it. Flyers signed a new general manager, Chuck Fletcher, to replace Ron Hextall. So if you're just tuning in, the Tim DeMoss program, which we're blessed to have, was established on this radio station, partly to help build into our local community, also to have an opportunity to uh, really interact with listeners. And so we've had some phone calls. We've had some uh, guests uh, on the program as well where people were able to call in, and we'll give you uh, uh, more opportunities certainly for that in the in days to come. But we also want to have a dimension to this program where it's, you know, it's clearly getting good advice and, and insight and wisdom from people who have uh, walked with the Lord for a long time, such as the case. So just play a short snippet for you here. Pastor Carter Conlon, he is the senior pastor of Times Square Church in New York City. I think they have 10,000 folks who go there regularly each week. It was a church founded by David uh, Wilkerson, crossing the switchblade. I mean, don't know him from that. And then uh, Carter was brought on board, I think, about 25 years ago or so. And uh, he has a new book out uh, called It's Time to Pray. And I asked him uh, one question, just why is it such a hard time, uh, hard sometimes, to pray? Well, it's a struggle because people don't know how to pray. You know, um, um, this is going to be about a three-minute answer. Are you, are you okay with that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, I, I, I've always wanted to pray. Since the time I became a believer in Christ, it's been a passion in my heart to learn how to pray. So I, I read the books, uh, Rethal's Intercessor, Praying Hyde. I read everything you could find on prayer. I attended the seminars. And I, I found most of it was out of reach, or it was formulaic, and, uh, you know, sometimes you had to go through all this rigmarole to come in the presence of God. Other times you had to get on your knees, because that was the only thing holy, and you fully get this. I mean, I just, yeah. I've studied this. I've, it's been my pursuit and my passion. I mean, I, I started a club in Canada called the Five O'Clock Club, where everybody woke each other up to pray. I just did all kinds of stuff. To the point of even bursting a blood vessel in my eye one time, because you had to pray with intensity. And then I remember reading in the Bible where Paul said, pray without ceasing. I, I remember thinking, oh, for heaven's sake, how in the world do you do that? I mean, I would die. I, I mean, 
an, an hour per was such a labor. I mean, the, the fact of adding 23 more hours to that was just, I mean, there's got to be a reason. And then finally, when I just came to a point of exhaustion, the Lord just spoke to my heart one day. He said, Carter, I had a friend in a place called Eden, and I would come down in the cool of the evening, and I would commune with my friend, and I would bring animals to him and say, Adam, what, what do we call this? And we communed together. We talked together. And he said, I, I lost my friend. And I had a plan already in my heart to go back and not only get him back, but all of his descendants, of which you are one. And all I've ever wanted to do is talk to you. And then it suddenly dawned on me that I have the Spirit of God. I have the third person of the triune God living inside this earthen vessel. And I can pray without ceasing just by throughout my day. I just acknowledge his presence in my life, and I just talk to him. It's as simple as that. Now, yeah, I do have I do have times where I set aside to pray with others and, you know, to have a time of prayer alone, but I, I'm aware that he's inside of me. So prayer is an everyday, all-day part of my life, and it's, it's not like you have to be shut away for an hour to do this. It's I just start talking to God like I talk to you right now. Pastor Carter Conlon with his new book called It's Time to Pray, He's senior pastor of Times Square Church in New York City. We had him on just a few weeks ago here on the Tim DeMoss Show, and if you're just tuning in, we're taking some time today to give you a little sample or cross-section of what this program has been so far the past few months. You are welcome to help yourself to all the podcasts. Every single show is up there uh, at WFIL.com. Just click the blue tab at the top of the homepage where it says podcast. Drop-down menu will take you to the Tim DeMoss Show, and then you can help yourself out. Uh, and, and, and download those or listen to them, whatever you like to do. Feel free to spread the word. Let other people know about it, what's available to them. Uh, one other pastor that we had on recently, Bishop Eric Lambert Jr. from the Climbing Higher program, which airs right before this one. He's the founding pastor of Bethel Deliverance uh, International in Wincote, PA. And uh, I'll just play a little bit of our conversation. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was a really good time. I really enjoyed having him on. Here we go. Welcome. We're glad to have you here. Thank you. I'm good to, glad to be here. It's good to be with you. Yeah, you're a hard guy to get a hold of, though. It's oh. intentional. Oh, <laughs> One thing I've learned after all these years is uh, you preach Jesus, then you have to move out of the way so he can be Lord. Amen. You know, it's kind of counterproductive to preach Jesus and then always be there for everybody. Ooh. People need to understand they can get a hold of God, and I don't have all the answers. Yeah. My task is a mailman. I deliver messages encouragement, and now it's up to God to actually produce. Amen. That's good. That's good. It's helpful is because you can want to do all of it, be the mailman right. and then move in. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have served the Lord in many different ways. If folks go to your website, they'll see that. Books that are written, ministries that are available. Um, is there a certain aspect of your ministry that's um, – most near and dear to your heart, or the core of it that you'd want to share about before we go further? I think the closest thing to me was my years being a son to my pastor, uh, Dr. Benjamin Smith at uh, Deliverance Evangelistic Church. During those times, I learned how to pray. I learned how to trust the Lord, the surety of the Word of God, and how to maintain a lifestyle that honors God. Without that foundation— I don't think I could have given the Lord a tool to use. So in my world, being a servant of my pastor prepared me to be a leader for the people of God today. And what what was the window for that? How long would you say that was? Well, Bethel started in 1987. Okay. I came to the Lord in 1970. Okay. 
I was just a teenager. Yeah. And I came to the Lord in uh, July. My brother was instrumental in bringing me to the church. He and I used to fight all the time. You know, siblings. He's five years older than I am. And we would fight all the time. And then one day, Gary wasn't fighting with me anymore. And I would provoke fights, and he would pray for me. <laughs> That's so annoying. And I could not understand this. <laughs> so one Sunday, he says, come on, go to church with me. And I went, and the Lord arrested my heart. And I just connected to my church and my church family. Uh, my father taught us to submit to authority. Then I joined the Marine Corps, and they, they drilled it in us again. Wow. And so serving my pastor was easy for me. And I always said I never needed God to speak to me because I had a pastor. So whatever he said to me, that was the burning bush. And my Christian life was very easy. I just did what my pastor told me to do. Wow. That was it. Yeah. Even when I felt the Lord leading me to ministry, I went to him and I said, I believe this is what God wants me to do. But if you say no, I won't do it because you're my leader. And he said, Eric, give me three days to pray. And he called me after two. And he said, go ahead, fulfill your calling. And the Lord took off. And I told him, I'm not going unless you publicly send me out, lay your hands on me and send me with your blessing. Right. He did. And the rest was history. It's Bishop Eric Lambert, uh, Jr., climbing higher program right before this one. And we went on. A, part of the reason we have uh, this program is also hopefully have some timely information uh, every now and again to let people know about what's going on, what's coming up. And uh, we went on in our conversation just to talk about a conference that they had a few weeks ago called The Making of a Minister. You mentioned a little earlier about your um, early days as far as walking with the Lord and your your pastor um, speaking into your life a lot, giving guidance. And that kind of ties – or you tell me if that, that kind of feeds the, the uh, making of a minister uh, conference that you have coming up and in general have had. Is that kind of an outpouring of that or what? what? Yes. Yeah. My philosophy is you can't be successful unless you're attached to someone. Um, the Bible's principle is very clear. The anointing flows down to someone else. There's no such thing as an original anointing. All anointing is caught by someone. And so the, the uh, making of a minister where Pastor Brian Weatherspoon and I, we work with those that are coming up in ministry to help them identify uh, the scope of the calling. Are they Joshua's to go out and fight Amalek or are they Aaron's and hers to stay home and lift the pastor's hands? Once they establish a purpose with the principle of their calling, yeah. then we help them to zero in on the gifting and how to use that gifting. I learned more sitting with my pastor than I thought I was. By the time I became a pastor, more was coming out of me that he had planted, and I began to see the validity of it. And so that's what I want to pass on to the next generation of pastors, how to submit before you go out and try to lead how to follow before you tell others what to do and make sure your life is a, is beyond reproach. Hmm. When my pastor went home to be with the Lord, I was sitting next to my wife and I said to her, after 42 years of ministry, not one scandal, not one bad thing was said. Hmm. And I said, that's how I want to go out. So periodically I'll ask in my congregation, is there any woman here that I've been inappropriate uh, that I've demonstrated any inappropriate behavior. I'll ask the financial people, have I mismanaged the money? Because in my world, what I am and who I am is more important than what I say. So that's what I learned from him, to live holy, to follow the teachings of the Word of God, 
and the Lord will take care of the rest of it. And he's been doing that. That's Bishop Eric Lambert Jr. from the Climbing Higher program, which airs right before uh, this one on WFIL each weekday afternoon. He's the founding pastor of Bethel Deliverance in Wincote. We also heard from Carter Conlon, the senior pastor of Times Square Church in New York City. He has a new book out called It's Time to Pray. You're just tuning in. We're giving you a little cross-section of some of the guests we've had the privilege of having on the past few months. This is the three-month anniversary week. And just as such, thought it'd be nice to take some time to reflect a little bit on some of the guests that we've had and, and again, help you understand or know more about what's available to you. Uh, All these shows are online at WFIL.com. Help yourself to the podcast again at WFIL.com. We'll continue on here in just a moment on AM560 WFIL. Live and local, it's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. It's 443. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Taking a look back at the past few months and guests that we've had the privilege of having on the program. One, oh, I started to play the audio of a minute ago, Eric Cushing. He is uh, involved with marketing and development for the Special Olympics in Pennsylvania. Eric is a solid believer, loves the Lord a lot. He's done a lot of work in his life that involves service. He worked with the Police Athletic League for a long time and uh, now been with the Special Olympics Pennsylvania for quite some time. Uh, they just had their polar plunge, for example, last Friday uh, down at Drexel. And it was a fantastic time. They actually raised over $125,000 for Special Olympics. Uh, But when you hear about big organizations and you hear money floating around, sometimes you wonder, like, you know, where does it go? Or or tell me something a little bit more concrete than just the concept of, you know, what it's about. So I'm just going to play a little clip for you here where I asked Eric kind of about that. Can you name an athlete specifically? Tell us a little bit of a story about how Special Olympics has been a help to uh, people. Yeah, I love the question, Tim. There are, we serve about 18,000 athletes statewide. So there are 18,000 inspiring stories, but I'll, I'll share one that just blew my mind is we had a, a speed skater in Western PA who was competing at our winter games a couple of years ago and she happened to be blind. So she was a speed skater despite the fact that she had no vision and she had worked with her coach where the coach would do clapping noises when she needed to turn and they would have sort of voice calls and sound calls that would allow her to get around the track. So this was an incredible story and an incredible inspiration and what an amazing athlete. Well, then she was then diagnosed with cancer. So you have this athlete that not only is overcoming blindness, but then had to overcome cancer. She beat the cancer. She was back on the ice a couple of years later. It might've only been a year later. Don't quote me on that. But that story always resonated with me. It was from, I think, Blair County, and her name eludes me. Forgive me, Tim, but we had a blind speed skater watching her compete, seeing how good she was at it, and seeing how she overcame her disability. And again, Special Olympics is about intellectual disabilities, but some of our athletes also have physical disabilities, in this case, blindness. And the way she overcame that, her attitude, her personality, her love for the sport, uh, there are so many stories like that. The pretty amazing, but there are many, many amazing stories about how this organization has transformed our athletes' lives. And we see it literally every day. And it is inspiring. It's motivating. It's life-changing for our athletes. 
That's just a little piece of our conversation with Eric Cushing from Pennsylvania, Special Olympics Pennsylvania, uh, another guest that we were privileged to have on kind of in the sports realm, sports world, Gary Cobb, known as G Cobb. You can look him up on gcobb.com, former Eagle, and we'll just play a little clip of our conversation with Gary Cobb. Uh, very insightful. He's been on our program a number of times and uh, he loves the Lord a lot and does a lot of great service work as well in the community, uh, but he's also very funny. So here we go with G Cobb. One of the things I do is I, I really I work for the NFL, and it's in a capacity of what they call a legends coach, you know, a life coach, you know, you know, in the capacity where I end up working with players after they finish playing to try to help them get into their next career. And um, I counsel guys, and you know, you wind up getting close to players and and with them during some tough times when some of them are. You know, they, they played, and some of them played two, three years, and now they're in their 20s, and they're looking for their next career and what they really want to do. And there's a challenge because all the effort and everything they put into football, and now that door has closed. And so they have to humble themselves and find what they, what they want to do. What is, the, what is the next part of their life? And so I get a chance to do all that. And so I wound up getting close to players, and uh, I've worked with uh, former players guys that are older and making sure they take care of themselves and all. But anyway, I, what I wanted to say was because, you know, I was the one that ended up finding out something. One of the guys that I played with, with the Eagles, uh, his name is Wes Hopkins, and he passed uh, earlier this morning. And um, wow. Wes was a great, great guy and was a great player. I mean, he, uh, he, he got hurt. Uh, he hurt his knee, I think, I think it was probably in 1986, but prior to that, you know, he was still a good player. But prior to that, when his knee was healthy and everything, West was really one of the best safeties that I've ever played with. And in college, you know, I played with Ronnie Lott, who was, uh, you know, a lot of people feel maybe might have been the greatest safety to ever play. But West was uh, on that kind of level of a safety. Uh, when I came here in 1985, West had some running backs so afraid of him that they would just about get on the ground if they saw him in their area. And I know that's the way Wes was with Tony Dorsett. Tony Dorsett wanted nothing to do with him because Wes would come up and hit running back so hard that I felt sorry for the running back. I mean, <laughs> he, was a, he was a pounder, but, you know, but he, was, he was a great guy, great teammate. He played the game hard. He was really committed. And I thank God that he knew the Lord be, before he left here, but – uh, I, you know, he passed uh, earlier today, and uh, it's just amazing. You know, uh, it it it, um, it sobers you, you know, to know that hey, we're not all going to be here forever, and so uh, we make sure that while we're here, we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, and we're we're spending time doing the important things. Absolutely, that's really, uh, man. That puts it all in perspective, and that's coming from somebody. If you're just tuning in, we're chatting with Gary Cobb, G. Cobb, who played for the Eagles and for the Cowboys and the Lions and All-American in both football and baseball and on TV and on radio and all of that. But to know that, what does it, you know, what does it gain you if you have the whole world but lose your soul? And, and you know that, and that's uh, what, a, what a way to live uh, so that your life really can be. You know, the, the Lord talks about, I came that you might have life and have it to the full. That's right. You know, and I, I got a chance to play football, and it was great, and playing in, in the pros, you know, and, and that's the thing that I get a chance to talk to players uh, because when that door closes, you, you kind of see, yeah, it was great. It was a great time and everything, but it has its limitation. It doesn't satisfy everything. It just doesn't do it. And, you know, you could have played and 
You know, I, I see so many guys that, you know, yeah, they, they, they got a Super Bowl ring and, oh, that's great and everything, but that, that Super Bowl ring is only going to do but so much. It's just not, it's, it's just not going to be much after that. Uh, and, and, you know, you need to take that time and, and make sure that you, you've given your life to the Lord and that you're living for him. That's really what it's all about. You know, all this other, everything else, it's, it's, it's window dressing, <laughs> you know. That's Gary Cobb, Gary G. Cobb. We'll go to a short break and come back at you with one more little segment to give you an idea of what this program has been about the first few months. Again, you can get the podcast from WFIL.com. Just click the podcast tab and drop down menu. It has Tim DeMond's show there, and you can grab all those the first uh, 60 or so shows we've had so far. Back in just a second on WFIL. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMond show on AM560 WFIL? Email Timmy D at WFIL.com. 4.54 AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. You know, hearing that focus on the family uh, promotional uh, announcement there and uh, that lady speaking about not feeling loved and God not loving her and all that, that actually dovetails nicely into our final segment today. Uh, we're just taking a look back at the program over the past few months and how God has I've been uh, gracious in allowing us to have different kinds of guests to hopefully encourage you in your faith and build bridges, too, into our community. Jonathan Lippman is a guy who I had on. He was with a band called 98 Degrees, which is a huge boy band. They, you know, Right when they were blown up, he actually stepped away from it because he said he was afraid that— uh, he really wasn't sure that he was ready for it in terms of spiritually speaking, and he, he knew that there would be a lot of temptations with it. He wound up driving and just delivering pizzas, and uh, some other things happened. Uh, so let me just play a little clip for you. This is Jonathan Lippman, L-I-P-P-M-A-N-N. He wound up uh, founding a group called True Vibe, a Christian uh, version, so to speak, of a boy band. They won some awards and had some nice, uh, you know, some, some success, so to speak. But here we go. Let me see if I can condense this quick. I'm writing a book right now, actually, on everything. And, okay. Um, Do you have a title for it yeah. yet? Or people can keep an eye out for it in the maybe a year away, half half a year away? Not sure. It's, it's probably about a year away, okay. I would assume. Um, so I'm just writing it now. It's going to be on my kind of life story and just how much God loves us. I, I to explain it to you, I kind of forgot that I thought God didn't love me at one point after I became a Christian. Um, I got married and um, ended up getting divorced. And when I got divorced, I was so sad. I just would cry out to God. And um, hmm. and then I was angry, too. And there were people that shunned me. I didn't do anything unbiblical yeah. um, in the divorce at all. I, and I tried so hard. But knowing that my marriage failed, just I thought God didn't love me anymore. And I stopped really talking to believers because there were a few believers professing believers that just put me down hmm. because of it. So I put myself down, and then I thought God put me down. I thought God hated me. And so I stopped going to church for about four years. And it's, it's amazing, though. During that time, God brought me back to Cincinnati, Ohio, where I'm from. And I knew that something was wrong with my mom, but I didn't know what it was. So I moved back to help my mom, and I found out she had dementia. Hmm. Now, to go back to my childhood, my mother was very sweet, but battled mental illness uh, her whole life. And when I was a kid, was kind to me and bringing me around music and stuff, but put me down a lot hmm. and, and kind of made me upset, like mad at her internally, even though I always respected her and tried to show love to her. When I moved back, God is so amazing. The Lord's so amazing. He healed my relationship with my mom, and I was able to forgive her. Wow. 
and I had these four years where she had dementia, and I, I just moved back for her, and I put life on hold. I started driving Uber and Lyft because it was uh, convenient where I could, if she was, there were a lot of things happening where I had to take the car away, and then friends would call me and say they saw her walking down Montgomery Road, and I'd have to take off work and go get her. So Uber was perfect because I could just drive whenever I wanted to. So that's what had me start driving Uber four and a half years ago. And um, during that time, you know, he just healed my relationship with my mom. And then he brought me back to him, which was amazing. And he knew he never stopped loving me. And it's like somebody explained it to me once, you know, at our worst moment, God can't love you any more than he already does. And it's powerful because... I used to just think I wasn't good enough for God, but that's that's why Jesus died on the cross for our sins, so we can be perfect in the Lord's eyes, and um, yeah. it was just amazing. So Amen. my mom passed away a year ago, but um, I came back out to L.A. and go to an amazing church out here where they just share the gospel, and uh, I'm starting to sing now in, in the church and the choir, and they've been actually helping me with the book and and just kind of my whole story. That's Jonathan Lipman as we wrap up the program, a formula of 98 Degrees, the band True Vibe, taking a look back at the Tim DeMoss program the past few months as we celebrate that this week. Podcast at WFIL.com. Help yourself. Jim Max and Max 413 Ministry is going to pray next. Now's your bed. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 to 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.